I mean, for me, that's what what intimacy is about. Is like you know, you're you're sharing all these parts of yourself, and you want to feel like you're growing as a person too from the connection. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 163. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a wonderful interview with Jeff. He is the director of the upcoming independent full-length film, Romantic Chorus, and that premieres uh, January 29th through 31st. That weekend is the premiere weekend. Yeah, and we, I believe what they told us is it's like $4 to rent it or $12 to buy it. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, check that out. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, we should tell them what the themes are and what the the movie is. So, it's focused around monogamy, non-monogamy, fear, technology, sex, and he interviews 21 different people uh, for the film, and then their stories are sort of animated into little shorts so Mm -hmm. we've actually had a few of the interviewees from his movie on our podcast um in the past uh, just a couple weeks ago we had imani on episode 155 and jade on episode 157 and you're definitely going to want to go check out this movie. We're really excited about it, and we couldn't be happier to promote their work. Yeah, we're actually also, they reached out to us to see if we would host a sort of uh, wrap-up kind of Q&A. So after all of the premiere is done on Sunday afternoon. The 31st of January. The 31st of January. We're doing a Q&A with him, uh, the animators, and a couple of the other people behind the film, as well as some of the people who were in the film. So... Uh, we're excited to be doing that. That is uh, something that you can sign up for uh, for for free. That's a lot of fours, but <laughs> you can sign up for for free. Uh, we'll put links in our show notes on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and down in the uh, in podcast the sh- player podcast player show notes. And that Q and A is January thirty first Sunday again, as Finn said, at six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern. Uh, the other thing, just so Jeff himself has been non-monogamous for the last six years or so, and he just has a wonderful approach of to life and adventurous spirit. So this interview is really great, and we are really excited to get it out there. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, and we're excited to see how uh, his sort of his perspective on life is sort of shaped throughout the movie. So again, we're super excited for this. Uh, we're excited for this interview, and we're excited for the film. Yes. We have a couple of quick community announcements uh, before we jump into the interview. The first one is regarding our blooper episode from a few weeks ago. We released it on New Year's Day. And one of the people who was uh, in the blooper, who sent us a blooper, felt like after we published it that they were worried that they seemed a little uh, careless with the COVID. So this was, if you haven't listened, this was, uh, this was a, um, blooper basically they went to a Halloween party this year and the way that he said it he felt like it made him feel like they just went to some like wild Halloween bash and he wanted to clarify that it was a very small get together and everybody who went got tested and quarantined for 14 days before the event and so they have been very careful with this um, but they've wanted to find a way to try to do something uh, to bring a little joy and trying to do it safe. So Yeah, and he was just worried because he forgot to mention that part in, in his recording. And we appreciate it because we're always uh, touting how people need to be safe and cautious with this. And so we wanted to say thank you to them for uh, clarifying this. And uh, go check out the blooper video. Uh, the blooper video. It's not a video. The blooper <laughs> episode, episode uh, from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was published on New Year's Day. Uh, Okay, other announcements. Our upcoming meet and greet is this Saturday. That's January 16th at noon Pacific or 3 p.m. Eastern. We're doing an afternoon four-way. Four-way? Four-way. Yeah, we're doing an afternoon (laughs) four-way. Sure. Um, That's that's bonus content. You have to pay extra to be part of the (laughs) four-way. Only room for two other people, so it's it's an elite. It's elite, elite, elite meet and greet. (laughs) So if you haven't been, an elite and greet. Oh my gosh. 
If you haven't been to one of our meet and greets yet, virtual meet and greets, we have get everyone together in a big Zoom room. We do some icebreakers and introductions, and then we split you up into small groups, and you go around and have um, a group of like three to five people, and we give you a talking point. You get to talk th- to everyone for three to, or, I'm sorry, five to eight minutes or so. Come back to the main room. We sp- mix them all up and send you back off. So it's really fun. We've had um, last time in December, our meet and greet had almost 50 logons. So yeah, they've been great. We've been having a great time and I don't know, everyone's been loving them. So we're going to keep doing them as long yeah, as people, super fun. people keep loving them. They are open to everybody. They're $10 to get in. And yeah, we just hope to see you there. If you want to sign up, there's links in your podcast player show notes, or you can head over to our website again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the meet and greet tab and how you sign up is right there. Yep. And then before we jump into the show, also we'll talk more about Patreon in the outro, but the next calls for Patreon, our Patreon supporters are the men's group call on January 19th and the Q&A or discussion, I guess, for all of the patrons on the 20th. So those are coming up and we'll talk more about all of that in the outro. If you want more information, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the Patreon button. And I said last but not least, but didn't I say that? I don't know, but I don't remember. you did now. But now I am. Now last we have a super exciting new thing that we're doing. Yes. We've been working really hard the last two months on a collaboration with Catherine of Expansive Connection. She is a relationship coach and licensed therapist and counselor and had the idea to do this Power of Witness series. And it's a series of six podcast episodes and it's group coaching where she coaches a couple through a session and everyone else watches and witnesses what's going on and then gives feedback at the end of the episode. They are extremely powerful and we had four couples that have previously been on the show come and join us for this adventure and we are super excited about getting these out there. Yeah, and I think, you know, we didn't really know how powerful this was going to be until we kind of sat through it. We we don't necessarily get on the hot seat ourselves, but we're there giving feedback and listening and going through this with everybody and it was really impactful for us and what we're excited about with that is that that will translate really well to anybody listening to you the listener. So, yeah, as as Emma said, these are the first Two are going to come out uh, in a couple of days on Friday, and then every Friday after that. However, if you want to get all of them right now, like right now, you don't have to wait. Right you, now. Right now. You can sign up for our Patreon uh, for as little as $2 a month, and you have access to all of them. Our Patreon group has been able to listen to them for the last week or so, and everybody who's listened to it has loved it and has basically binged the whole thing in like two days. So um, we're, again, we're super excited about this. It was a, it was a ton of work and just a huge thank you to Catherine and everybody who came on to be a part of it. Um, Yeah, we're just excited for it. So if you want to check that out again, right now, you can go to normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the Patreon tab, sign up, and you'll see all of the the downloads there. Yep. And sorry, it got a little long. We just, (laughs) we had a lot to cover today. So we appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, hopefully you find a lot of value in this. And um, again, this is a fantastic interview with Jeff. So we hope you enjoy it and we'll see you on the other side. Well, welcome, Jeff. We're excited to have you today. Uh, you reached out to us fairly recently about a project you're working on and we'll dig into that in a minute. But welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I love to be here. Yeah, yeah. So f- real quick, we'll just cover it that you're you're creating a movie, an uh, animated film about non-monogamy, or at least has non-monogamous themes embedded in it. And we were super excited to get that out there because we love other content creators and we got to band together. We got to stick together and conquer the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, do you mind introducing yourself for everybody? We know your name is Jeff and that's about all we know. <laughs> and, then, yes. and then he's doing the movie. Yeah. But <laughs> who is Jeff? Yes. I am Jeff M. Giordano. I'm the director, the co-producer, and interviewer for Romantic Chorus, the film you just mentioned. Um, it's an animated documentary, full length. And monogamy, polyamory is one of the themes, along with fear, technology, and sex. And I've been making documentaries for over 12 years, and um, I've had non-monogamous relationships on and off for the past six years. So um, my 
I, I bring my own experience to wanting to make the film and, and talk today. And I think with documentaries, it's like the perfect way to explore these kinds of topics. Yeah. What got you, I guess, what got you interested in non-monogamy roughly six years or so ago? I read a book and I can't remember the book now. It's not The Ethical Slut or one of the famous ones. And it was like more of a psychology self-help book. And it mentioned relationship styles and figuring out what works for you. And I said, huh, like, I wonder what that would be like, because I think by default, prior to that, before six years ago, I just automatically would be in monogamous relationships. And it made me think like, well, maybe some of those relationships that I had, if the idea of polyamory came up, maybe things would have been better. Like you never know looking back, but um, I decided to try it and, and approach relationships that way. And it's definitely been pretty interesting, you know, since six years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, so how did you start exploring it? Cause like, I don't know the people out there who've explored polyamory know it's typically not as easy as like read book, do polyamory. Like it, <laughs> It's it's typically a little more fraught than that, but maybe you your experience different. Jumped right in and was was an expert from the beginning. <laughs> I started doing it through online dating and really, you know, gaining a clear understanding of like if this person really also is seeking this. And I remember the first person was married, you know, with an open relationship, and. Um, we dated for a while and it was, it was fun. I mean, it didn't last too long. It was, I guess, probably about two or three months, but I definitely learned a lot. And we had a lot of conversations about, you know, what polyamory is and how long they've been doing it. And, um, I found it to be freeing and liberating to, you know, have the permission to see other people and not just seeing this one person. And then from there, I feel like I would have the pattern I would developed with me would be periods of being satisfied seeing one person and kind of having these monogamous chunks of time, but then wanting to, you know, having the desire to see other people and still it being, you know, being allowed to do so. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you if you can remember back to the the six years ago when you like, so your, your first non-monogamous experience is going on a date, presumably with someone who's married. And I think that is a concept that is mind blowing, mind blowing for yeah. some people. So I, do you remember like around. getting ready for that and trying to like process what was about to happen? I remember feeling an excitement and, and, and thinking, well, I know they're not looking for a primary partner, and for them, I wasn't sure initially if it was going to be more of a fun, even casual thing. Like we didn't discuss those types of um, parameters or, or style. I just felt like it was, it felt like I, I was ready for something new like that. I think I'm the kind of person that is up for exploring different things in life and not always things that are mainstream and really being curious to try this out. And I think their partner wasn't seeing other people, but I think due to their partner's job, they were very busy, but they were allowed to have other connections and relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's super fascinating. I know. I just, I think it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like the, the concept of going on a date with someone who's married or someone who's got a partner, and this is your very first time doing it. Yeah. It's just, I could, uh, we've talked to some people in the past who are like, what am I doing? I'm going on a date with married people. And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, I, I thought, you know, it's, it's still a human being and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, meaningfully connect and, um, trying to learn. I'm not, I'm not an expert, you know, I'm still a human being too. And, um, I just kept an open mind to, I, I didn't really expect a lot. I think maybe that's what I learned and tried to keep in mind that, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll, you know, it's not, it's not going to be like it is in romance novels or the movies, you know, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll see if there's compatible energy. 
if there's a spark and just go from there. I, I try not to overanalyze things or think too far ahead, but sometimes I do. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that's natural. Most people do that. I think overanalyze and think in the distant future. That's, it's a natural human thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So moving forward, then what did you start? I guess, how did it start moving forward? How did you start exploring next? Uh, that person, I think it only lasted for a few months. And I feel like we just kind of hit that limit of, you know, this is kind of as good as it's going to be. And then it just fizzled out. There was really no hard feelings or anything disastrous. And then I remember having like a period where I wasn't seeing anybody and then started seeing somebody else. And then up front, I said, hey, are you okay with being non-monogamous? And they said, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. And they had just moved to the area. So I think they were feeling kind of fresh and wanting to date other people and explore. So that's how that started. And then I feel like it lasted like three or four months and then also kind of fizzled out. They, their job, they were like super busy with their job and then they moved further away. So it, it, it kind of didn't, it didn't help our connection. Um, but with them, I think the difference was it felt more intimate. I feel like there was, it was definitely more of a sensual, uh, sensual connection. And, um, I feel like we were both able to explore things that we hadn't been able to do in the past. So I'm thankful, you know, to, to have met them and, and, had those experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for both of these relationships, were you also then seeking out other partners or were you, so, I guess, sort of monogamous with, with these partners who were polyamorous? I was seeking other people. I would have a few dates, but I think my pickiness, selectiveness, I would, <laughs> I don't know. I would, I would always try to be honest, like, Hey, I'm just not feeling this. Or if it seemed too complicated scheduling wise, I'm not usually good with people who are like, well, you know, let's plot this out months ahead. So it did wind up with the second person being more indirectly monogamous. Um, and I think for me, if the compatible energy is there and I feel like, you know, my intellectual, my sensual carnal needs are satisfied, my emotional needs then I might just say, hey, I just want to see this person or maybe I'll go on a date here or a date there, but I won't actively search for new partners like a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And and before the before reading the book that you read six years ago, had you had you ever considered it, thought about it, heard of it, or was it like you read this book and it just your mind was just opened opened up? I hadn't really heard about it. I mean, I remember in high school, there was some talk, somebody knew somebody who was, uh, they were swingers. So I don't think that was, a, <laughs> you know, it gave me like a little bit of a glimpse, but I still didn't really fully understand. It. And then when I was a trash man in New Jersey, one of my coworkers claimed that, you know, that with their partner, their, their, um, spouse, they would, they would have, um, threesomes and, you know, and, and all this, all this kind of sensual fun. So that gave me a little more of a clue, but I still didn't really fully understand it. And I was never presented with it. I never had a partner that brought it up. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't really even in your mind at all. Like just, it was just not even really a possibility. I do. I do love though that like you read a book and you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it a whirl. Yeah. I, th I just think that's really an open-minded way to live, and I, I guess I really appreciate that. Thank you. I guess moving forward a little bit, um, we can go back and ask more questions about your past. But I was curious, what does your relationship dynamic look like right now? Right now, I've been working on this project, so I haven't had like a ton of time to date or seek other, you know, seek romance, but I feel like what would probably work for me best, ideally, and it can't always, you know, go as you, as you plan, but if I would be able to develop a connection with somebody, say for a month or two, 
be monogamous and then have a conversation like, how do we both feel? Do we want to see other people? Do we have the time? What's, you know, what do we really need? And just going from there, I feel like that would be the best scenario because I would like to have a primary partner and, and somebody that's kind of, you know, emotionally anchoring. And so I, w- I would probably seek that structure uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. So that's not something that you've then experienced in the last six years as much, or it's not, it's not what you wanted. You haven't found exactly what you wanted. I don't think I have. I mean, the closest was probably th- that second connection I was talking about, and then they moved further away. That would have probably been the closest to a primary partner. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's 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 just really interesting that, like, you found yourself where you are today, like, creating a, a film about something that is not super widely known i mean it's it's i think it's more widely known than it you know was 10 or 20 years ago but it's it's still not necessarily mainstream and that you know you've sort of been in the community sort of i don't want to say like fooling around in the community but like you've you've dabbled in the community explored in the community and you you've decided to make a a film about it and i just i think that's really powerful way to jump in and and start exploring that i mean what are maybe what are some of the things that you've learned either about yourself or just about relationships over the last six years that maybe you know helped you grow as a person i would say with texting communication versus like face or voice i definitely do better with like face to face or hearing somebody's voice um, and find that to, to result in more satisfying connections. And I've learned, I mean, it's always a risk. Anybody you get involved with, whatever the relationship dynamic is, I mean, you're letting them into your life and you're letting their energy into your life and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're giving, receiving with them. And, um, I think, it can be pretty overwhelming sometimes if like you feel like if you, if you realize you can't really express yourself, if you have to like, you know, carefully choose your words and walk around in eggshells and maybe, you know, this isn't like the best match and, you know, really being able to trust somebody. And I, I mean, for me, the, what, what draws me to romance is like sharing your joys and struggles with somebody and, you know, developing something meaningful. But I think, too, it's important what I've learned to have a life outside your partner. And I think it can be risky if you find your identity in your partner or in the relationship, because if it ends, it's like it can be so devastating. And you're like, what do I do now? I feel lost. I, I don't know, you know, what, what to do with my life. And I think just being comfortable to bring up you know, if you're whatever the style relationship is, you, you can really say, hey, you know, I'm not satisfied in this area. I want to see other people. I think the challenge that I had with monogamous relationships, there'd be this tension with hanging out with people that I found attractive and they're friends. And it's like, well, why do you want to hang out with that person? You know, so I think that, that to me, that's one of those un, unspoken things in monogamous relationship is like the trust to hang out with people that your partner knows that you're, you're going to find attractive or that you already do find attractive. Right. Yeah. It's like pushing the button a little bit on the, in the, that relationship and you have to just talk, uh, well, talk about it or not talk about it, but it's probably smart to <laughs> probably talk about it. Probably should talk about it. About it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Have Throughout your exploration, you know, have you experienced any sort of issues or things you've come up against? Like challenges, challenges, you know, I know jealousy is a big one that people often come up against and it can be really uh, sort of kind of hit you in the face if you've never really experienced that before. I was curious how that has been for you. I think the time that you get with a person, I I think with a non-monogamous connection, 
it may be where you just see this person once a week or once a month. And for some people, they might find that really frustrating. They want to see the person more. They want to talk on the phone more. So, you know, understanding all that up front, like what, what to expect, you know, from your connection with them, I think is really important. And, and for myself, I think sometimes that's been challenging because it's like, wow, I really feel like I click with this person. I do want to see them more, but, you know, I can only see them like once a week or, or less than that. So, and I, for me, I always frame it with like your time, like, you know, we're only <laughs> our youth or our youthful energy. It's only here so long. And like how you choose to spend your time and who to spend it on, I think is really important. Sometimes we can kind of think like, Oh, I have all the time in the world. You know, I don't really need to plan things or worry about how much time I'm spending on this, but it does add up. And I think if you, what I've learned, if you, if I want to have like something really meaningful, then I need to really be honest with the person and, you know, make sure like check in with them too along the way and see like, Hey, how, how are you really doing? Not just like, like, Hey, what's up? You know, good to see you. But really, I mean, for me, that's what, what intimacy is about is like, you know, you're, you're sharing all these parts of yourself and you want to feel like you're growing as a person too, from the connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Have you been pretty out and open with what you've been exploring with your friends and family along the way or not really? Not really. I mean, I think some of them suspected and um, I think they know that I don't really go the kind of mainstream route with things and that I, I do love like connecting with new people. And I think that's part of my drive to explore and just see, you know, like, well, I'll see how this goes and how I feel and what works for me because I definitely, I'm okay being, you know, single or alone. I, I've, I think there's been times where I've been in a relationship, especially something that was monogamous and like, felt like, wow, like this just isn't working, but I'm afraid to break up with this person, but I don't want to be alone. But I'm at a point now in my life where I'd rather there really be a connection and not just kind of go through the motions and, and avoid being single or alone just for the sake of being with somebody like I'm okay, you know, not being with somebody I'm not really compatible with. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that kind of links back to what you said earlier about it's important to have a life outside of your partner and outside of your relationship. So, you know, if the relationship ends or, you know, God forbid something happens to your partner or, you know, to you that, that both of you have fulfilling lives that don't completely depend on one other person in the world. And I guess, do you have like how how have you gone about finding that for yourself? I think you know I I'm a filmmaker. I also paint and dabble in music. Um, I play tennis. So there's like other things, like you know, especially like physical things to do and to kind of have a community or communities with that helps to build that life outside of romance or outside your partner. Because I think romance is beautiful and it can be a lot in life, but it isn't everything. You know, you can still be happy. I think in our culture, there is this kind of internal shaming, like, well, why aren't you with somebody and look how old you are and what's wrong with you? And it's like, well, it's okay. Like you, you don't need to always be in a relationship or always need to be dating. And if you are, if anybody hearing this is single, like, use this time to like cultivate your yourself and your own goals in life, your own passions. Like don't, I mean, it's okay to, you know, acknowledge your feelings, but don't dwell on it and spend like the whole weekend thinking like, wow, this sucks. I'm single. I'm alone. I'm terrible for, for not being with somebody. Like, I think that's something that I've learned myself. It's like, it's okay. You know, it's just, and sometimes it's good to take a break from, from dating or from relationships to just get to a point where you 
feel like you've cultivated yourself and, you know, you, you understand yourself better and what your needs and wants and goals are because those things may change over time. So, I mean, I have a friend who keeps a diary for one year. They'll write in this diary and then at the end of the year, they'll read the whole thing and then destroy it and throw it away. And it's just for their own, you know, state of mind and to kind of see their psychological development, all their fears, all their anxieties, all their worries, all the excitements, all the, all the highlights. And, but then it's just for them, you know, so I really encourage people to do that and find ways where you can examine yourself and really confront yourself and your own fears. Cause if, if you don't love yourself, then you can't expect somebody else to love you. And it's going to be really a challenge for them to do that. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up. Cause I think that's an amazing thing that you learned. Um, and it sounds like maybe even the hard way, like <laughs> being single sometimes and not exactly being happy with that and having to work through a lot of those emotions. Right. I mean, not that being broken up with or being breaking up a relationship is a happy thing all the time, but um, at it least can be. it can be, or it can be, <laughs> you can be more content with it, I guess. Right. I was I was also curious, like the it sounds like you've done a lot of I don't know, like necessarily like the word soul searching, but you've done a lot of like discovery, self-discovery, finding who who you are over the last, you know, probably your whole life, but uh, you know, definitely over the last six six years or so. And I was just curious like how you've seen your personal growth impact the way that you approach the different relationships that you've been in. Like, have the relationships looked different as you've progressed through the last six years just based on who you've found yourself to be? I think so. And uh, with allowing somebody in into my life and the energy they bring, I feel like I'm really keen on their energy and, and the way I feel and what they inspire from me. I think I've had partners that were like muses for me. And I really like felt like I learned a lot and grew a lot and I could talk about creative projects or film projects and, you know, get their insights on it and, and their feedback and then, and then really, you know, listen to what's going on with them. And if, and if, and if I can help, you know, I would help. Um, I think it's, it's, it seems like it's always different. Like each person kind of brings a different like slice of life and, it's, to me, it's never like it is in, I don't know, most movies, it's, it's hard to really truthfully get to what, it, what romance is really about or what intimacy is really about. I mean, I think we, or maybe myself included, it's, it all gets kind of romanticized or nostalgic with like love songs and romantic comedies. So I think like sometimes the safe ways vicariously experience romance through all those things and just have these fantasies without actually going out into the world. But I mean, I have put myself out there. I've been ghosted. I've been dumped. I've, I've broken up with people. Um, but I feel like that's the stuff that it can be painful, but you do grow as a person. I mean, that's the stuff that you get to be, you know, 80, 90 years old. And you're like, well, I'm glad I, I, I made those choices. And, you know, some of those experiences turn out to be painful, but I'm, I'm glad I did it instead of just wondering like, huh, I should have maybe tried this or put myself out there a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been able to have some of these conversations? I know you said you haven't had too many with friends or family, but have you had any, any that are, I guess, positive or negative, like kind of these kind of similar discussion as we're having right now. I have with some of them. I mean, I think with friends of mine that I've known through the years, even if some of them are married and leading really traditional lives, I've still been able to explain it in a way where they're supportive and they're not shaming. Um, and then certain of um, Film collaborators of mine, I through the years, I've shared things with them. And it does help to have people that you can talk to about these things. And then I would say with partners, you know, I would, I would kind of, you know, I always like to connect intellectually and these days probably connect 
intellectually first with somebody before physically. Um, We're I found in the that COVID to, world. <laughs> well, even I think even before that, I, I it just got to a point of like, well, I do want to really enjoy being around this person beyond physical things, you know, yeah. and it, it is nice to be able to have a conversation and do different activities. So, I mean, it's, and it, I, I do, you know, I've had partners who were like, Oh, now we're going to have the talk, like the relationship. Talk. I'm like, well, when, when are we supposed to have it? Like, <laughs> so I'm not, I, I guess I've lost the fear of, bringing things up because i got to the point where i'm like well if i can't bring stuff up and they break up with me oh well like maybe it's good that it ends now because i really feel this way or i feel like this is my truth to share and if if they're not aligned with that or they don't like that then we can decide to end the connection Right, right, right. You've gotten to a point, it sounds like, where you're you're comfortable being your authentic self, no matter what, even if it doesn't work out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. On, on that same line, I was curious if, if you could think of a time or a situation where you basically threw fear away and said, I'm just going to do this thing. I, I don't know, ask somebody out or ask a question to, of somebody or whatever the thing is. And that like, you know, Jeff from three years ago or five years ago would have never done this, but it was just, you went for it and like, it was sort of a life changing or huge moment for you. Wow. That's a deep one. I know. Um, <laughs> I have, I have those every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> but I love it. No, I love it. I would say I was seeing somebody who I'm in my thirties. I was seeing somebody in their twenties and you know, I intellectually, we connected and I said, well, you know, I'll see where this goes. Um, I think what happened was I wanted to see them more and that was frustrating. Um, and I think kind of like being in the position of they, they had a primary partner. I didn't at the time. So that I, I, that was like a new thing to deal with and almost feeling like, you know, oh, I should set up a bunch of dates and like <laughs> find a primary partner. But like, it's not like so easy. And I think with, you know, with work and different things, it's just like there's only so much time to like set up dates, go on the date, you know, and then and then dedicate yourself to these things. So I think that was a challenge seeing people who had a primary partner. Um, that was tough and took some learning to get used to. So, you know, and I, I, I didn't know really what to, I guess, expect with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it makes sense. I mean, that's if you, that's what you're ultimately looking for as a primary partner, and then you're you're kind of experiencing that. You're like, well, should I go and try to find this right now? How patient should I be? How much energy should I put towards it? I mean, we, but then there were there there would be periods where I'd say, well, the way you know my filmmaking life is and my work life is like, I kind of enjoyed not <laughs> having a primary person and just being able to see people and connect and then do my own thing. Cause I was in, you know, a long monogamous relationship years ago. And I think since then I've been really careful who I really dedicate myself to and wanting it, wanting to really make sure. So I think it would go, there would be waves where I'd say, well, this is kind of nice. Like I can do whatever I want to do and um, have that freedom without, you know, coming home to somebody or talking to somebody every day. I can just see, you know, uh, people as, as I want. So I think that was maybe something that I experienced like both ways of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. Could you see yourself in the future ever being in a monogamous relationship again? Like if that's what the other person wanted or, or if, if that's what you think you would want again? Yeah, or if that's what you would want. 
I'm open to most relationship styles, honestly. I mean, I'm, I've even thought about like a kind of a triple couple, um, three person, you know, arrangement. I would be open to something like that. You know, I think it just depends on when you really, when I, if I really get down to knowing somebody and, you know, if I feel there's this emotional capacity and companionship and trust and our collective sensual carnal desires are satisfied and we can laugh together. That's really important. I'll say to everybody is like being able to laugh with your partner partners is like life or death. You re we really do need that, especially today and sharing joys, sharing struggles and really, you know, helping each other too, like through things having that affection, that tenderness, that's the stuff that I think if I had all that in one person, I would consider being monogamous. Mm -hmm. um, so, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. I like to keep an open mind to, to that kind of a thing. Yeah, I think that's a great approach. Yeah. I was curious, like, on the movie, and maybe talk a little bit about, like, the inspiration of the movie, and, and maybe could you give us a little bit of an overview? And, and obviously, we, you don't have to give away everything in the movie, but like a sort of an overview of like, you said it's a documentary, it's an animated documentary full length, and like, maybe sort of what the movie looks like. And then maybe we, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the inspiration, maybe some of the people that you that you worked with on it, and maybe some of the things that, that changed about you. So um coming coming out of the movie so maybe just to start with like do you mind talking a little bit about what the movie looks like or what it's going to feel like sure um it's called romantic chorus it's an animated, animated documentary as you said um it's it's being created right now by um 17 wonderful talented amazing artists all around the world we have animators in australia and europe and Canada and Mexico and the States, um, the UK. And I've been making documentaries for over 12 years now. So my previous films were about poets and artists and, and their communities. And I really wanted to make something that was like totally different and that would be about romance. And I think back to what we were saying earlier with choosing the themes, the first theme being monogamy, polyamory, the idea of happiness being like, you know, this, this, I think it's a myth of like, I just need one partner and everything will be fine and I'll feel complete. And it's the last piece, you know, for the puzzle in my life. Like I said, monogamy, polyamory needs to be a theme. So that's the first theme. And then sex being a theme and including even sexuality because with the interviewees, there's 21 people across the spectrum of gender and cultural background and age um, and orientation. So sex being the second theme and then fear being the third and then technology um, being the fourth and wanting, deciding to have it animated, I felt like would really connect with people on a visceral level and also be entertaining. Um, we have rotoscope, we have stop motion, we have 2D animation, we have hand-drawn, you know, pretty much every style of animation. And um, I felt like that would be a film that I wished I watched when I was 21. Because I feel like I would have learned like so much and just been really you know i probably would have watched it like three times <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and so and so the the way that it flows is that the 21 different people you interviewed they're the things that they're saying in their interviews are then yeah, the, basically their let's say their thoughts are projected into the animation and so it's, yes it's an interview-based documentary on Okay. And it's it's divided into the themes for each uh, section of the film, each four of the four themes. And we gave the, my team and I gave the animators freedom to animate the segments of the film that they wanted to do. So they had the choice if they wanted to pick 
sex or monogamy or technology or fear. And that was really important for me as a, as a filmmaker was giving them that freedom as, as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's super cool. And I, you know, you talked a little bit about, you said like, this is a film I would have watched three, three times when I was 21. (laughs) Having, you know, gone through the process of interviewing all these people, what, what are some of the things that you took away um, from the movie? I mean, first, I would say that all 21 people, they were so brave and courageous to be part of the project. Some of them I knew, some I didn't know that well. And I really was just, I mean, they trusted, you know, me and my team. You only hear their voice um, in the film, too. So there is that level of that layer of anonymity. For me, it it, it confirms some of my own <laughs> things that I went through in the past and in you know, whether it was certain anxieties about romance or fear or, you know, how relationship style can be confusing. And, and really, the, one of the main things is probably ex- really expressing needs and wants, like, a- as they come up and not, not being afraid of that. Because I think we all really do want to connect with each other, even folks that want something more casual or just physical I think we still, you know, hope that this will be something, you know, significant and last longer than a night. So I really, I mean, it was an education for me to hear them. And I could tell for some of them it was very therapeutic to, to answer my questions because each interview of the, of the 21 would be an hour to two hours. So it was quite, a, quite an intensive conversation. One thing I'll say, too, I mean, this, just the thing with ghosting today, I mean, I, f- I found a lot of people, that's even pre- preventing some people from getting into relationships. They're afraid they'll be ghosted and they'll, they'll not know, they won't know why it ended. I think it, I would hope people who hear this, like, might consider the fact that if you can tell the person, like, why you're breaking up, why you don't want to see them, and create that closure, I really think we would all grow as partners, as human beings in the process, because it is pretty, it's pretty easy to do. You just kind of swipe your thumb or you delete them. And then like, you never see them again. You never talk to them. So I, I would hope, yeah, moving forward that people are a little more um, communicative and, and put some more effort, you know, into that kind of closure. Yeah. Yeah, I think and, that makes a lot of sense. And and doing it in a in a kind way, right? Yeah. And I think there's a a diplomatic way. <laughs> a diplomatic right. way, right? Like you can you can let somebody know that it's not working and but you don't have to be like, well, your breath smells like garbage and you're <laughs> terrible at this and you're the worst sex ever. Like you don't have to like roast somebody on the way out the door, right? You can you can find a way to do that in a, in a kind way. Exactly. <laughs> do, do you have a target audience for this film, or is it something that you're just hoping will appeal to a wide wide range of people? I think it's anybody 18 and over. <laughs> <laughs> Good clarification. Um, I do. My team and I do hope that it is that it does have some university and college screenings um, in the future, in addition to other screenings. So... And I think anybody who really wants to learn how to be better at relationships and who wants to confront some of these things themselves, whether it's fear, figuring out which relationship style works for them, navigating technology, navigating sex or sexuality, I think it will really help people. And I think that's why I've gravitated towards making documentaries is, the, is how documentaries have the power to really educate people in a fun way and also help them, you know, from the experience of them seeing the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they hear somebody else telling their personal story that then they can say, I, you know, I thought I was the only one. Right. And exactly. now they're out here saying, I'm not the only one. There's, there's at least one more of me and that there's probably 50 people way sitting more. here in the audience that have the same thought. Right. So, yes. Yeah. And I guess on the fear piece, I, I, I love that theme. And you said, you know, people are afraid of dating sometimes because they're afraid of getting ghosted. What are, <laughs> what are some of the other things that, 
that you that you saw come up in this film that that were fears that people were having around love and romance and and maybe what are some of the ones that that you've had and that you've overcome for the film i would say there is somebody that talks about being alone and and dealing with that and and kind of learning how to channel their energy if 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 they don't have any dates this weekend like well what else could i do to kind of constructively use my time um there is somebody identifies as uh, transgendered and they talk about being accepted by people and and you know having meaningful connections having um people in their lives that support them and that understand them and that are willing to you know really hear them out um there's also people in the film who i think you know they're still not sure about some of these things and you know they're they're maybe still single and and still like well you know i i really do want to find somebody or find multiple partners but you know i'm still kind of working at it and and learning and and getting better at understanding my own needs and wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for myself, fear. I think I would say the things I've overcome would be, you know, if there's, if there's things to explore. I mean, whether they're like physical intimate things or just like, hey, like, let's go out and do this or do that. Um, you know, feeling like I can bring, bring that up. I think I've been with some people who I felt like I was walking on eggshells and I didn't want to upset them or, or disagree. So I just kind of went along with it and, and, um, you know, let things go when I maybe wanted to say something or I wanted to disagree. So I feel like I've learned to get over that kind of a fear um, and just being okay. If it, if it ends, you know, being like, well, um, if I can't, if I can't be myself, then maybe we shouldn't be together, you know? Um, yeah, that's what comes to mind for me. Yeah. And that's, and that's a, and that's a super hard thing to come to in life in general is the idea that you, you have to be you and you have to adopt this sort of uh, abundance mindset that I need to be me and I'm going to attract people around me who belong around me rather than let me pretend to be somebody. So other people do like me, like you, you may find fewer people initially, right? Um, and it may take a while to find those people, but when you find them, the fact that you get to be you and not worry about what you're doing and what you're saying and how you're being yourself is, is very freeing. And that, that, you know, if you end up losing one friend because you became, you, you were brave enough to step out and be who you were, right? And you lose a friend or you lose an acquaintance or whatever that is, that somebody will come into that space and, and be a much better fit for you. And people like in your, that's just so common to struggle with that, especially when you're young, like in your early 20s and such, like just it's easy to want to try to make everyone like you and instead trying to be authentically you. Not that not that we don't struggle with that in our 30s. No, <laughs> not at all. But I feel like at least like you have a little bit more life to like think through and uh, experiences. I guess you have a little more life experience, but it's a constant struggle for many people most of their lives. Yes. <laughs> and I think with the theme of technology, what I've learned from the movie is like we still crave mystery, even though we can look up basically everything and you know and when you're like when you haven't met the person yet and you're just texting or sending photos whatever way you decide to communicate and share with them i think like we still crave like well who is this person and like i actually want to find out i mean i think the maybe the downside to some of the online dating is like you can kind of imagine like all these possibilities and all these connections and project, but then you don't really know, you, you don't really have like a grip on, well, I don't really know this person yet. You know, I'm, I'm kind of imagining who they are. I'm imagining 
I could be seeing 20 people right now, but what's the reality, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Have you, have you had an experience where you met somebody online or on a dating app and you're like, this is checking all the boxes. This is amazing. I've chatted with them and you show up for the first date and you're like, what did is, I, what is what happening is, right yeah, now? Right. <laughs> I haven't had anything too shocking. I mean, I will admit though, maybe one of the few times I was hit with a curveball. there was somebody I was talking to. We didn't meet up yet. They said they were in an open relationship and we were getting ready to meet up. And then they said, Hey, uh, it's about a couple days before we were set to have our first date. They said to me, I need to tell you that I'm married. Um, and like, but, but it's not an open relationship and I am leaving my husband and I am moving out of the area. And I was like, well, why didn't you just tell me, like, why did you go through all this? Like, what did you want me to say? Like, that's okay. Like I'll help you fool around. Like it was kind of a weird, I was like, damn, that it was really, I was kind of shocked, I guess, honestly. Like that know. person could have told you a little sooner. Or just not even went through the effort of, you know, saying that they're they're in an open relationship and wanting to meet up, you know, and all this stuff. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting strategy. And I think it's probably, I mean, to be honest, I'm guessing it's a fear-based. Yeah. And to call it a strategy would be generous, but I think it's probably a fear-based strategy series of actions right that yeah. i'm going to tell somebody i'm in an open relationship because then i maybe i find somebody who would be open to my actual dynamic and i mean i'm sure that's a really hard place like i'm trying to leave my partner i'm i want out of this i want to start exploring things but how do i do that because i'm not out yet yeah. like that's i feel for the person but also like it's hard when you misrepresent to to come back from that and as you've explored in previous episodes, the fact that a lot of people who are in monogamous connections, they're just going to cheat before asking their partner, can we have an open relationship? Right. You know, well, they they, they want to avoid the conversation or the argument. Yeah, or they may not even realize that that's an, that's an, an option. option. Or it's scary, right? It's, it's a really scary thing to bring up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think, too, in, in terms of normalizing non-monogamy, I think it might be helpful some sex ed in high school, uh, sex ed high school classes, if they talked about non-monogamy, you know, polyamory, and really, you know, presented it in a way where this is something that people have been doing before the 2000s or before... <laughs> You know, the 90s, like this has been a thing in other cultures and other time periods. So maybe maybe that will change in the coming years. Yeah, you mean you could do a lot of history on it all, too. That would be. Hey, look, I'd just be happy if they weren't trying to jam abstinence. Down well, I know, obviously. Throat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get that down before we start presenting the orgies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but just just the fact that as a teenager you realize that other relationship dynamics exist. That's you don't necessarily if you don't get all of the details okay, but like the fact that you realize you have a choice that's not monogamy or that's maybe I don't want a partner or a serious partner for the rest of my life. Maybe I just want to kind of date around and, and be who I am and yeah. that's okay. That it's, that it's okay to be you, right? And yeah. like you were talking earlier, you said like they were saying, oh, well, you're getting older. When are you going to get into a relationship? And the other one that you get all the time, I'm sure, is what about kids? Are you going to have kids soon? You, if, you're, <laughs> if you're thinking about that, you probably got to hurry up and get on that train. And so there's so many cultural norms and pressures that get projected onto all of us. And that starts, I mean, that starts when you're five years old, you know, you because it's on TV, it's in the media, it's in everything that you do. And to, yeah, to have some exposure. And I, I guess that's, you know, really great that you're creating a resource, a resource and media out there that will people will find that does expose them to something different. Yeah. And, I, and like I said, I hadn't seen movies, documentaries that addressed these themes and and 
talked about romantic connections in this way. So I was like, I need to contribute. I, I need to kind of, I want to help people. You know, I want to share, you know, what I know about it. I'll bring that to the interviews with all these 21 people. And um, may, maybe the fact that it's animated, people will be a little more likely to pay attention to it and engage with it. Right. Yeah. 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 It almost puts a, a barrier there of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it the comfort level a little more, I guess. For sure. So I may be getting close to wrapping up, but I was curious if you would be willing to share with us like one thing, you know, and you said you did, you know, hours and hours worth of interviews, right? If, if you said some of them lasted two hours, was there one or two things that just absolutely like blew your mind while you were researching this? <clears throat> There's a there's a person we interviewed who um, is 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 in a wheelchair and they were born with a physical disability and they talk about intimacy. They talk about the fact that they can still have an orgasm and and they were very frank with their experiences. Um, and I was just really um, blown away by by their honesty, their courage to share, you know, that experience. Cause I feel like that's an experience as far as ability, um, is not portrayed in films or books or songs. Like nobody really touches, you know, the, that, that population's experience with, with romance, with sex. So, um, yeah, I, I feel really fortunate to, to have met them like before even I considered making the film, I saw them uh, at a comedy show and um, I was happy they wanted to be part of the project. So I feel like it, it really, again, like gives kind of a fuller spectrum of human experience to have somebody who doesn't look like the normal person or, or, you know, somebody who's in a wheelchair, I think it's like really important to kind of give, um, to put their voice, you know, in the film as well. Cause it is a chorus of voices. Um, and I feel like, you know, it was the best way to present, um, romantic connections and themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that sounds amazing. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I think I, I know I'm excited. I assume Emma is as well. Of course. For the, for the, for the film <laughs> I can't to come wait out. to see it. Yeah, it's super exciting. And we're really, you know, we're really, again, happy that you're putting together this type of work and, and honored that you came on to share your story with us and to, yeah, to, to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you so much for your hard work and for you're all welcome. of this. Yeah. It's all, to me, it's all fascinating. I probably can make another film in another country with 21 new people. I mean, that you can talk endlessly about, about these topics. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yes. for sure. Absolutely. Well, is there, is there any final thoughts that you wanted to, to leave us and the listeners with before we let you uh, get along with your, your afternoon? I would say that, I mean, obviously right now, I think, if anybody is single right now, I'm sure they feel like it's even harder than it was a year ago to date. Um, but I would say, you know, still take your time. Don't give in to desperation. You know, use this time to cultivate your passions, your 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 goals in life. Don't don't let you know being single rule your identity or or make you feel ashamed. Um, you know, just hang in there and, and try to continue to meaningfully, co meaningfully connect with people um, because we do desperately need each other still. And um, we all deserve to be loved and to love other people. So I'll, I'll end on that. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. a wonderful way to end. And <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for your time and for the work. And um, we'll be in touch. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. I'd love to come back. Let me know. I, I, it was yeah. a good time. Thank you for, for letting me share my experience, too. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're excited to get this out in the world. And we're back. Thank you so much to Jeff for reaching out and coming on the show, sharing your story, as well as doing the amazing work for the movie that is coming out soon. It's going Romantic Chorus is 
premiering January 29th through 31st with our Q&A that we're doing collaboration with them on the 31st at 6 p.m. Pacific. So if you want to sign up for that or get the movie, go to our website, normalizingnominami.com, go to the show notes or in your little podcast player, there'll be links there as well. Yeah, the the movie to rent is just a couple bucks and to buy it isn't much more. So, I mean, we'd, we'd highly encourage you if you're able to, to support work like this. It's, it's fantastic. And it's, you know, it's independent work. So, you know, any little bit helps. And the and the Q&A afterwards is free. Uh, we're doing that with, with him and the rest of the team. So come check that out and it should be fun. And yeah, we're just, we're really excited. So yeah, as Emma said, thanks again, Jeff and the rest of the team for putting mm-hmm. this together. As Emma mentioned at the beginning uh, in the intro, we wanted to just give anybody who wasn't familiar with Patreon a little bit more information on that. First of all, a huge thank you to all of our current Patreon members we're sneaking up on 150 and it's just amazing it's been the thing that's gotten us through 2020 so or got us through 2020 shit we're in 2021 now Mm -hmm. it's over we're done with 2020 uh so really really quick here yeah we've got levels of two dollars five dollars and ten dollars a month and you get various different things so we do a monthly q a and group discussion we have an ongoing MeWe chat room we have men's calls our men's group women's group and just we do game nights we do all sorts of stuff uh with this group it's fantastic it's an amazing group of people we've met some lifelong friends out of this and so just check it out if you're looking for community right now it's kind of a tough time to go out and meet people um and we've been having a great time with this so anything i missed emma I don't think so, except though, if you want more information, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the Patreon button. While you're on your website, we can you can also go check out the show notes for the podcast. You can go look at people's our, most of our guest photos, as well as links to everything that are mentioned in the episodes. And you can also contact us. There's ways to email us or leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from any and all of you. Next week. Well, one other quick thing. One of the major perks that everybody should remember is that they can go and immediately listen for the Patreon. Patreon perks. They can immediately listen to all of the Power of Witness, which is dropping on Friday. Yes. Also, you get discounts to our meet and greets. Oh, we have a meet and greet coming up, do we? We do this coming Saturday, the 16th, in case you missed it. Or Sunday if you're in Asia, apparently. Yep. We learned that. It'll be really early in the morning on Sunday. But it's... Anyway... It is noon Pacific, 3 Eastern on Saturday afternoon. And yeah, again, we talked about this in the intro, but it was just a quick reminder. We hope to see you all there. And next week, we have an interview with Leah and Mark. Yes, we do. And I'm just going to leave it there because I don't want to ruin anything. You don't want to ruin it. No spoilers here, folks. We'll see everybody (laughs) in a week. And we promise not to be as tired then. Yes, exactly. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.